right, so we're going to get into uh, the next phase of another man. And and um, just to bring us up to speed, uh, all right, so we're going to get into the next phase of another man. Uh, <laughs> so uh, just to bring us up to speed, we, you know, we've been talking about how God is trying to uh, transform us. He's trying to, you know, uh, he doesn't want us to conform, but he wants us to transform. You know, uh, he said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Uh, and and that was for male and female. That wasn't just um, for man. And he's, ah. Okay, uh, uh, as we've been talking about this, Minister Sammy said something last week. Uh, uh, and I don't know if it was a guy talk or was in this session, but he says, uh, it might have been, in, we were just talking one-on-one, you know, how as God is doing stuff with us, like we're beyond ourselves. We're beyond ourselves as we, as we set our, and what I heard from God uh, through that particular vessel was, you know, God is trying to get us beyond ourselves. Like we're trying to stay comfortable with ourselves. We're trying to stay stuck in where we are, but God's trying to get us beyond that. Again, he's trying to uh, transfer, transform us into another man. He created us his image after his likeness. He fearfully and wonderfully made us. Um, and we said like he designed us with, with wonders, with new wonders, with the ability to produce no, new wonders year after year. That's what's in us. But there's something in us that want to stick to what's comfortable or familiar, even though it's crushing us, even though it's depressing us, even though it's frustrating us. And God's trying to get us out, out of that. He's trying to get us to create something new. You know, the easy, the easy thing is to mimic, to conform. Uh, I, ooh, well, if this person ever visits this church, it's a true story. So I'm in the gym um, today. I was leaving out of the gym. And I forgot about this particular guy. But uh, so I don't know if, you, if some of y'all was in the sports, y'all know who Odell Be- Beckham is. Uh, he's a wide receiver for the New York Giants. And he has, uh, you know, he has, uh, he has uh, a blonde curly top. I walked out of this. I was, I was walking out of the gym today. I was like, Odell in the gym? This, this guy actually plays football. He looks just like him. He got the same, and Odell's actually added either some more curl or got it falling a little more. The guy added more curl, and it's got it falling. So he's now the interesting thing is, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think of the guy in his name. I can't even remember his name because I don't see him. I see a a copy of someone else. You see what I'm saying? So, so but God's trying to get us to trust in His design and His creative ability. And this is the thing is creativity stops when we lose sight. Creativity stops when we lose sight. So all of our conforming, all of our lust, uh, we were talking talking about this to a person in the gym today and how, how, you know, at at Ayers we always talk about fighting the sea. And it's it's hard. Like when you get into your fears, when you get into your lust, when you get into your your vices, when you get into your, your gluttony or whatever the case may be, what we don't realize in those moments we open ourselves up to blind spots. And the thing about blind spots is they don't give you any indication that you're going blind. There's no warning. Like, there's no indicator. You don't feel no pinch. You don't feel no pain. Like, like right now, if you started to lose your sight, it would scare you. Uh, I, I dealt with a visual migraine. I was, just, I was in two ministry schools. I was reading too much. And I was in the office, and this, this visual blur just went it was like this bar that was a blur. So I'm trying to look around it. I didn't know it was in my eyes. I was like, what's going on? And, and it, it, in that moment, it scared me a little bit because I couldn't see. I'm aware that I can't see. Blind spots, you're not aware. The only indication is when you're dealing with other people and they, they, they make, did you realize you just did that? It, you know, most of the time we're in denial. But the more we open ourselves up to, to compromise, we lose sight. If we lose sight, you can't create because creation takes sight. Like when you, when you make this statement, I don't know what to do, you know you've lost the ability to see, right? Because there is an option. When you're, when you're playing in a game and, and it looks insurmountable, you know you lost your sight, right? 
because it's not insurmountable, you just can't see it. When you're frustrated and angered and, well, I tried that, you realize you just lost your sight, right? Because it's not about what you've done, it's about what you need to do. See, but it takes another person, not the person you've been, another person to go beyond where you've been. It takes another person, not the person you've been, takes another person to go beyond what you've been. But sometimes we, we're, we're afraid um, to get outside of ourselves. And so, so uh, this is something I, I had, the Lord had me write, and I, I thought, I, I didn't know what I was writing. I thought it was uh, for the magazine I write for, blog or something. And then uh, later on I started studying, and the Lord said, that's what I told you to write it for, so I'm gonna just give it to you. Um, and the title is, Intentions Aren't Manifestations intentions aren't manifestations. And, and this is uh, key number one. We live our lives through the view, uh, through the, uh, we live our lives through the view of our intentions. So most of the time we live our lives and we view it through, this is what I intended to do, right? Um, uh, and our God, our family, our, our friends, our loved ones, and our associates, they live in our lives through our results. Now, we live our lives through the things we intend to do. You know, well, I didn't mean to do that, or I didn't mean to do this, but our, for the most part, we have good intentions, right? I want to do better. I want to change. Uh, uh, the players, you know, I want to win the game. The, these are all intentions, you know, right? That's how we live our lives. But the people in our lives, they live in our lives through the results, not the intentions through the results, the things that affect them, right? If our intentions are manifested in our results, in other words, I intend something, and that's the results I, I get. So I intend to be on time and I'm on time, right? I intend to win and I win. I intend to, to, to let my wife know how much I love her and she sees how much I love her, right? Um, I intend to get out of debt and I get out of debt. If, if I tend to say I'm gonna put God first and I put him first. So if, if, if our intentions are manifested in our results, we impact others positively for many years and flow with them in peace, right? Because I intend something and it's manifested. All right, but if, our inten if my intentions are not manifested in results, we can impact others negatively for many years and deal with misunderstanding, persecution, abandonment, frustration, chaos with them for many years. So that means I'm intending something. I keep saying what I intended, but it's not manifesting in results. I'm going to be more disciplined. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to read more, but I never do it. But we want people to measure us on, but I meant to do it. No, 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 no. The job ain't going to do that. The coach ain't going to do that. I meant to make all my tackles. I only missed those seven tackles by this slight centimeter. You miss seven tackles, you sit your butt down. Right? It's true. The player, I really, I, listen, all those shots went in, circled around the, the basketball rim and came out. It was ten of them, but they pretty much was in there. You don't win the game because they pretty much was in there. You win the game based on the shots that go through the basket, based on the results, right? Not your job. You have quotas. You don't meet the quota, right? I almost met the quota seven times in a row. Guess what? You, you're gone. It's not... It's not you're not here. We need you to meet the quota, not almost meet the quota. But when it comes to God, when it comes to relationships, now it's about intent. In every other aspect of your life, it's not, you can't tell your job, I'm meant to be on time. Even if you work from home, you better clock in at a particular time, right? I think your computers have something where you got to clock in. You can't, you know what? I meant to clock in. That was my intent. If it doesn't show that you clocked in, you ain't getting paid. If you don't show up, listen, you ain't here. <laughs> Not, well, I kind of meant to be there, you know, and, you know, I was out all late last night, so I woke up at 3, even though I had to be to work at 8. It doesn't work. Look, but how come it works with church, though? 
I meant to be there. I meant to read. I meant to spend time with God. I meant to pray. God knows I intended to do that. So with God or the relationship, baby, you know, I meant to love you. Like, you know, you, you, sweetheart, you're a beautiful woman. I meant to love you. Yeah, I, 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 look, look, I intended to love you. Matter of fact, I intended to think about you first. I, I mean, it's only 20-something years. Pretty soon, I'm going to be thinking about you. Hang in there. Look, like y'all saying, uh-uh. What do you think she going to be saying? <laughs> so, all right, so that's what I'm saying. Like, so, so the thing is, even with God, we're known by our fruit, not by what we intend, but what we produce. Let's avoid the appearance of evil. Don't let our good be evilly spoken of. So what we want to read. See, we all know in part, and must understand the part that we don't know can unintentionally hurt, frustrate, starve those we love. Let's pray that the eyes of our understanding is enlightened so that we can see our true impact. That's why we're going to receive truth today. The truth is to free us, not to condemn us. It's to free us. See, see again, I was talking to somebody, and I was talking to somebody at the gym today, and we had a great conversation, and he was just like, I don't get it. Now, I was loving talking to this young man. It was just blowing me away, his philosophies. He's like, no, 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 no. He says, I, I have a daily devotion. He said, he said, he just threw it out there. He said, no, it's not a daily devotion where I do it Monday, Tuesday, and maybe Thursday, every day. He said, I do this every day. He says, and I don't get it. I don't understand why people are casual or compromising. Right? Uh, I don't know. This guy's maybe 30 or 40 years old. Uh, but I, I've been sitting there going, this is a rare jewel. You know what I'm saying? Like, like normally, I'm the anomaly. But to him, it was like, this is normal, which is how I was when I was his age. And, 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 and I just thought it was so special that he realized, like, what are we doing? And so when I start talking about the truth, I saw his eyes tearing up. Not, man, it don't, ain't nobody trying to hear all that, you know, or jump or reflexing with an excuse to ward off the truth so you can stay bound. You see, you, like, 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 so when we, when we talk about the truth, that should be the norm. We should be looking for truth, not running from truth. Or you, what's, the, what's the old school thing? Man, I've been running from the Lord. Who does that? We had a meeting, and, and, and the person who was meeting was like, who thinks like that? I said, the person with a deaf, dumb, and blind spirit. Like, who would run from God? But every day they wake up looking for fulfillment. That seems like an oxymoron, right? Every day I want to be fulfilled, but I'm going to run from the fulfiller. All right, so, all right, just, just keep that in mind. So God's been waiting for this time of, a set time of communion in our lives for a long time to, to, to shift us into to, to new men and women, you know, what he originally designed. Not what we've been comfortable with or we've conformed with, but really what he purposed to end design, right? So he's trying to transform us into another man. Obviously, we've talked about that. You know, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, all things become new. I was telling the God today, a lot of us still at the altar. We came to Christ, but we didn't allow him to transform us. We came to Christ, but we didn't allow him to transform us, right? All right, so the scripture says in 1 John 3, it says, behold. Like, it says, it says, eventually we shall be like him. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but when he returns, we shall be like him. And we shall see him as he is, not as we perceive him, as he really is. Right, because see, if I'm looking in the mirror and I'm changing to his image, I have to see the reality of his image, not what I want his image to be, so I can compromise who I need to be. It's like Pastor Mel always say, my God wouldn't, he wouldn't be bothered with that. Your God wouldn't be bothered by it. Well, how about the God? So we have to embrace the, the, the genuineness of God so we can embrace the genuineness of who we are. But a lot of times we've wrapped our mind around what, what We've turned God into what we want him to be, not who he is, all right? 
So I'm, I'm, I'm speeding up for a reason because I want to make sure I get to what we really need to hit today. All right, so and uh, the scripture tells us to uh, be confident in this very thing that he has begun a good work, will perform it. So, so the work that he begun is, Gerard, is I started a process, but the end of that process is you being a new person, right? But, but I begun a good work. If you allow me to submerge in you, I'll perform it within you. You can trust me, I'll perform it. And then it says he'll work in you to will and do his good pleasure, right? So again, we come into this kingdom. Stay with me. I know I'm kind of speeding up, but Romans 12, 2, it says be uh, transformed by the renewing of our minds, right? So, 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 so I come to the altar, you know, and I go, okay, like, I, like I'm, I'm, I'm cloaked and crazy. Like, I'm cloaked and crazy. But I've been sitting there for the longest, and I finally got to get up. <laughs> right? I couldn't get up for you longest. Now I come to the altar. This is only the first part. I got to get cleansed of all that crazy. Right? But, but that's just the beginning. I, it ain't over. But for some people, it's been over right here. And, and he says, okay, now I got to renew your mind. I mean, the children of Israel was left, they got taken out of bondage. So let's say I was in bondage, I get taken out of bondage, right? But the next stage, the children of Israel went through the wilderness. Wilderness, Why? To cleanse out, to renew their mind. I, I, we got, no, I can't take that bound person all those years into the promised land. You'll bring the bondage in with you. You know, remember, you know how they say you could take a person out of the hood, but you, you don't always take the hood out of them. They, they take the hood into the suburbs or into, you know, like they're still thinking with the same mentality. I'm not, I'm not dogging nobody. I, I, I moved from Newark to Ohio. My first time uh, sitting in my wife's apartment, I'm talking to her. As, you know, we just had a little conversation, hold on a sec. You know, I look out the window and then I talk to her for a little while. Then I go back and look out the window and I was talking to her for a little more. Now, now I didn't even realize what I was doing because it was a habit. And after a while, she just, like, what are you doing? She was like, what are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? She said, why do you keep going to the door? I said, well, I'm going to check on my car. (laughs) But once I said I was going to check on my car, once I opened my mouth to say that, once I opened my mouth to say I'm going to check on my car, it hit me. Oh, my God. I've been doing something. I've been doing this for so long, I don't realize. I So, you took me out of Newark, but I brought Newark to Columbus, Ohio. So that's why God says, I took you out of bondage, but now I got to renew your mind. We got to change your thinking. So, so at first you're going to say, you come to the church, you did this, you came to the church, you heard some stuff that you hadn't heard, and you go, what am I doing? I'm going to do some things differently, meant to ascend. But, but that doesn't mean you're going to change. That means you're willing to change. See, so the first stage, I'm cleansed up from stuff. That means I'm willing to change. You're not going to change because you came to the altar. You're you're at the starting block to change. Now you got to renew your mind. And then it says, keep renewing your mind to it bleeds into your subconscious where the newness is how you are without thinking about it. Now you will evolve or transform into what God originally designed. Because this is how I live now. Before I came to the altar, I lived a certain way. I'm not going to change the way I live just because I came to the altar. My default is still going to be what I do all the time. So the devil don't, you can come to church. You can come to church and go, oh, man, come to the altar. You can pray. As long as you, what you're thinking, what you decided to do doesn't bleed into your subconscious, the devil's cool. But once it bleeds into your subconscious, now you have a new habit. I'm listening to a guy today, his habit was journaling, uh, reading and writing. This is his habit. That what, what he's doing without thinking about it. And I rarely see this in a single young man. <laughs> you know, I mean, single, I'm somewhere between 30 and 40. But I rarely see this. You know, I, I, I might pull him out when he comes to visit the church. But, but what I'm saying is, but it was his habit. Like, he wasn't talking like, man, this is a workout. This is what he does. Like, I sit around sometimes. If I got free time, even though I might be watching the game or something, I just feel like I'm cheating. Like, 
I just got to get in the Word or something just to get, I got need to get a taste of the Spirit or something because that's in my default. Not I'm doing righteous stuff. I just got to have a drink. I got to smoke something. I just, I got to watch some porn because that's in my default. All right? All right, so, so keep, keep, keep that in mind. Don't, again, it's okay to be convicted. Don't be condemned. I'm not trying to condemn nobody. We're trying to free people, right? And it takes the truth to free us, right? So we talked about, see, this is the key. Uh, we have to be transformed. And, and we're studying our transformation is our intoxication. We're, stu- we're, we're stunting. You know, you, you have people say certain things stunt your growth. We're stunning our spiritual transformation is intoxication. We're, now, again, intoxication, I know y'all think of drinking and stuff like that, but all these uh, fumes of lust are different forms of intoxication. Intoxication impairs your vision, your ability to see what God has to do. That's the difference between a great man and somebody that has potential to be great but never, never gets to do it. One person is too weak to discipline themselves to see and not be intoxicated. The other person yields to anything that's pleasurable that feeds intoxication. They'd rather be soothed in the moment than experience the fulfillment of their future. All right? I, again, this is not co- for condemnation, but if it's convicting, that's good. Just setting up a new target and... Uh, don't allow yourself to be, uh, your vision to be impaired through intoxication. Just walk, walk with me here because we're talking about being changed into another man. And, and what you're going to find out is God's been trying to do this the whole time. But we've, we've been, um, uh, uh, how can I say, you, you know, they have certain medications, your body uh, uh, rejects it. It's like default, your body just rejects it. Yeah, but it, your body needs it to heal, but it's rejecting it. But it's trained itself to reject it. Like some of us have trained ourselves to reject the truth. As 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 soon as it come up, your body, like it's almost like a, uh, I was watching this movie and they pulled this machine gun out of this, uh, this uh, wherever it was like, it just rose up out. And I mean, and the, the bullets was just going like thousands of bullets. Some of us have like spiritual machine guns when the truth comes. Like, like, person can't, before they can even get the truth out. Like, like you know, I'll shout up. And, 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 you know, broke folk down. They're like, man, I, God told me to deliver this to you, man, but I can't do it, man. It's, it's just too much, man. I, I, like, I'm beat down. I can't do it. You know, ask yourself, is it easy for people to approach you with the truth? Or are they like, I can definitely tell this person with the truth. Because they're so receptive. Or is it like, listen, you go tell them. I ain't telling them. You go, I ain't, listen, I'm not telling them. You go tell them. You going to talk to them? Hope, you talk to them? Well, I, well, uh, well, I look, look, I ain't signing up for that. <laughs> right? All right, so, so, okay, so. All right, so we said that we're starting our transformation is our intoxication. Let's go to Hosea, Hosea chapter 4. And did I do y'all a service? Yes, I did. I, I was making sure I had the other versions of this. Hosea chapter 4. What's stopping us from transforming into that, that mighty man and woman of God? All right, so we're going to hit verse 11. Verse 10. We'll start verse 10. Verse 9. It says, and, and, there, there shall, and, and there shall be like people, like priests, and I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their doings. Verse 10. It says, for they shall eat and not have enough. Now, this is Hosea 4, but this is what Haggai was saying when, they, when people just disregarded God's house. It's, look, it says, they shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom. And shall not increase because they had left off to take heed to the Lord. So they've, they, they've got so clouded, they've, they're not even, they can't even hear God, right? And then verse 11, he gets it a little deep. He says, whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. So he, he just covered all of it. He says, he, he, just in case, no, no, see, see I don't do uh, uh, hard liquor. What does it say right here? 
I, I, I didn't even get into the scripture that talks about wine and mixed wine. He just says whoredom and wine and new wine does what? Take away the heart. That's in the Bible, right? Now, read it then. Oh. <laughs> like, 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 look at it. Ho, ho, turn to Hosea 4 and read it. Just get, I don't want y'all to take my word for it. Read it. Get it. Soak it up, right? It says it takes away the heart. See, again, it clouds us. It stops our ability to evolve in what we're supposed to do. It says my people, look, look, this is what happened. My people ask counsel at their stocks and their staff, and, and their staff declareth unto them for the spirit of whoredoms has caused them to err, and they have gone a whoring from under their God. Right? They sacrificed at the tops of mountains and burnt incense upon the hills under oaks and poplars and, and, and elms because the shadow thereof is good. Therefore, your daughters shall commit whoredom and your spouses shall commit adultery. Right? Y'all see that, right? All right, so let's, let's, let's look at the, the message. This is the message. The message says, wine and whiskey leave my people in a stupor. They ask questions of a dead tree and expect answers from sturdy walking sticks. So it's basically saying this is, you know, people be having idols and stuff like that, and they be trying to get, like, answers to their questions. <laughs> yeah, they ain't talking to me. Right, right? It's, a, it's, it's almost like trying to get counsel from a, another blind man, but expecting to get some answers. You hanging out with somebody that's clouded, but, you, but they're supposed, and you rolling off their advice, Right? It says, look, okay. It says, drunk on sex, they can't find their way home. <laughs> Come on. It just said, see, see, intoxications, right? It says they can't. <laughs> it, look, it says they replaced their God. This is what the message says. They replaced their God with their genitals. Now, it's, 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 it's is male and female, inside and outside, right? All right, so it says, they worship on the top of mounts, make picnics out of religion. Under oaks and elms, on the hills, they stretch out and take it easy. Before you know it, your daughters are whores, and the wives of your sons are sleeping around. That, that's, that, that's the scripture. Did you read the scripture? I'm just saying, this is it's, it's not pastor. This is just a scripture. I'm just a messenger. Don't, don't stone me. <laughs> right? All right, so, so again, he's trying to transform us, but we're taking in things that's stunting our ability to transform. It's stunting our growth. See, to, to evolve, you got to see. You can't see when you're intoxicated through lust, whether it's smoking, drinking, and stuff like that. See, I know those aren't popular, and I know people do them, but I'm not here for popularity. We're here for purpose. So you got to decide, do I want to just conform with what's popular? And this is, the, the scripture says, when it says, uh, the, I think the message, either message or the amplified, in, uh, it says, don't be conformed to this world, be transformed with a new in your mind. It says, don't fit into the world without thinking about it. But think about, what's, what are we playing off? Are we playing off a God standard or people do this? This is what people do. So now we're fitting into the world without even thinking about it. We're not saying, how will this affect my ultimate outcome on being transformed into the fulfilling life that I have? And then when stuff happens, we go, I don't know why this is, not, this is happening to me. I just, uh, but it's like we talked about earlier. Who, who says that? A blind man? A person blind actually asks a question that there's an obvious answer for. Your actions have, is the reason why it's happening. What, 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 what in your mind, see, see, you got that trigger. You just heard the truth, your mind goes, okay, well that doesn't have nothing to do with me. Like the computer goes off and tries to justify the compromise. But Who's being punished? Not the person delivering you, not the people delivering you the truth. You are. Because you're still stuck in the same situation. Okay. All right. So we said God is trying to evolve. So um, the scripture says in 1 Samuel, he told him, he says, you shall be changed into another man. Right? And uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 
verse 11. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11. Verse 9. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? <laughs> know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? It says, Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor uh, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, that's people who are kind of light, uh, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor, you know, partiers, nor extortioners uh, shall inherit the kingdom of God. So, so it's talking about possessing the kingdom of God. Now, you know, again, Scripture talks about entering in the kingdom of God. People say once saved, always saved. But this just says all these people can't even possess the kingdom of God. You know, they can't they can't cross over into what God has for them, right? I just went through the list of the people that won't inherit the things of God, uh, can't inherit the things of God, verses 9, to 9 and 10. Verse 11 says, and such were some of you. So this is assuming that you're not living like none of those things anymore. This is assuming that you're not fornicators, you're not adulterers, you're not effeminate, you're not idolaters, you're not thieves, you're not covetous. We talked about that on Sunday. You're not drunkards, you're not partiers, right? It's just assuming it says such were some of you. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and the Spirit of our God, right? So this, that's just assuming this, right? And uh, I'll give you that set of amplifier. It says such were some of you before you believed. So this is assuming if you believe, you came to the altar, you believe now. It says, but you were washed. Key word there is washed. Uh, and that's by the atoning sacrifice of Christ. It says, and you were sanctified. Key word there is sanctified. Set apart and made holy. But you were justified, declared free of guilt in the name of the Lord Jesus uh, and in the Holy Spirit of our God. The source of the, the, the believer's new life and changed behavior. So, so, so this is assuming you're washed, right? You're sanctified, and you're justified by Christ, who's the source, according to what the Scripture says, because we say we are Christians, right? A, the source of your new life and changed behavior. So why come to the altar if you're not going to embrace the entire new life? If you may be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Why are we holding on to them? I mean, I, I have something. ask yourself this week. Write down the things you're doing that you know Christ has been telling you not to. Why are you holding on to them? What's the benefit? It's changed behavior, not same behavior. Change. Why are you holding on to that thinking? What's the benefit? Because by now you've measured out the results of it, haven't you? I'm, I'm, that had a little sarcasm edge to it because that's, that's what I'm working on. But think about it. By now, we've measured the results of our, of, of our behaviors. So why are we still doing them? Because you, you would think, that's what we were talking about earlier, right? You would think, you would, you would look at it and go, based on the results I'm getting, I need to change some things. But are you telling yourself, it's, no, 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 it has nothing to do with this behavior. That's not why this is happening to me. It's, it's not that I'm being disobedient. It's not that I'm leaning to my own understanding. It's not that I'm, in, in, I'm allowing intoxications, whether it's lust, whether it's whatever in my, it had nothing to do, that ain't it, that ain't it. Are you telling yourself that? I was back in the day, BC days, I'm just getting high with this, this young lady. And I was like, you know what, this is crazy. I was like, you know, first of all, I was, I'm getting high. I said, but I gotta come out the high and take everybody home. I said, man, ain't no fun in this no more. And the person snapped. Ain't that ain't got nothing to do with that? Wait, 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 wait. Does it or doesn't it? Cause what you all mad for? That's how we rolling now in our spirit, man. God is speaking the truth to, to say, hey, hey, you looking for answers? Here's the answer. I ain't got nothing to do with that. Ain't nobody need to do that. They ain't nothing to do in, in our spirit. Like we tightening up. Like that machine gun, like, 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 get that truth away from me. Give me the change. I don't need change. I'm fine just the way I am. Do you like the results you're getting? All right, okay, just, just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind because we're talking about 
transformation. And it talks about being washed, sanctified, and justified. It's almost like that the, the, the three anointings. You know, you have the cleansing anointing. You know, that, that's the leper's anointing. When they came into the, the town, they had to cleanse them first. Then you had the uh, priestly anointing. That's the ministry anointing. Where you, you, look, I'm willing to serve. But then the kingly anointing is when you got power and authority, casting out demons. You know, people get saved like, well, I got to cast out demons, right? Oh, there's levels to go to, right? So there's being washed. There's being sanctified, set apart. But then there's also being justified, given the authority to do some things. But you got to keep growing. That's why we, we go through, uh, what is it, master life and talk about what it means to be a disciple. Some of us are just cool with just being Christians. And then we know good and well there's a truth that we're not accepting in our life, but we've convinced ourselves, well, it's not as bad as it looks. Because if it is, that means I have to confront some things. I have to talk to some people. I have to address some behavior. And I don't want to do that, so I'm going to pretend it's wonderful. Aren't we tired of pretending? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm tired of pretending. Okay, all right. All right, so, all right, so we talked about... Uh, we're trying to return to manifesting some things. Not just our intent, but manifesting some things. So when we manifest some things, we release the creativity that's already in us. Second Corinthians 4, 7, you have this treasure hidden in your earthen vessel. So, so most of the time when you're praying for stuff, there's, there's, there's something in you being stirred up that is trying to come out. See, you're looking around for it. <laughs> what is in there? The Bible says the kingdom of God is within. But remember, all that list says all those people on that list can't inherit, can't possess the kingdom of God because they won't go deep enough. The reason why they won't go deep enough because it takes some truth to pierce that darkness. And people don't want to accept the truth. They want to get around the truth. They want to live in, in, um, in uh, denial or fantasy or delusion. But while you're in delusion, you don't have the sight to pierce through the darkness within and release what's in you, which I'm, I'm going to explain here in a second. Because we're we cheating ourselves, and we don't need to be cheating ourselves. So uh, what we're doing, we're searching for a life that hasn't been manifested before. And, 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 and listen, don't fall short of it. Because as much as you may be able to tolerate it today, that's what's going to depress you in the next couple of years. And you're going to look back to, to when God told you to do some things that you didn't do it. And you go, I knew this. I knew it. I just didn't want to accept it. But you're going to blame everybody else. Not your disobedience. Then I told you to confront some things. He told you to address some things. Like, like uh, you know, we taught on this in uh, Search for Significance. You know, we've got to watch like being sucked by this false peace. And what I mean by false peace is, well, I don't want to shake the waters. It's comfortable right now. No, it's, if the comfortable is going to affect you down the road, you better shake the waters. Shake up some stuff. Speak some stuff. Address some behavior. Because people that, that are, that, that are manipulative, manipulative and controlling, they take advantage of momentum, atmosphere. They definitely take advantage of nice Christians. Because most nice Christians, they overwhelm and they go, well, they ain't going to say nothing. Because they don't want to look bad, be uncomfortable. So they just try to overwhelm you. So I was just saying this uh, to the guy I was talking to at the gym. I said, i just been messing folk up. Because I'll do anything for you. I'll even take, I'll even be embarrassed. You, you could do something to humiliate me. But if it comes to God's obedience, you about to be in trouble. Because now I have to address that. If you come against God's vision, I have to address it. And so the person's like shot in shock, like, but you're a Christian. Yeah. David, David was a Christian. <laughs> well, I, I just call him a Christian. I know Jesus hadn't showed up yet. David was a man of God. He showed cut the Goliath's head off. Why? Coming against the vision of God. So, 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 I, I'm going to love you. I'll cut your head off. <laughs> if you, you can't be just coming against God. But that's how we have to be. In our life, I, we sit in situations in our life, we getting along with the person, everybody laughing, cracking jokes, they say something, I'm like, oh, oh, then you just said such and such. And I know it's going to change the mood. But that's what the person's relying on. We were at a fellowship, and people start talking, endorsing the, the benefits of drinking. I invited everybody. 
I, the person's cool. I love the person. I had to address it. And they was like, well, you know, you kind of felt, you know, felt like you put me on the spot. I said, well, no. And no, honestly, you put me on the spot. I invited everybody. If I, never, if I didn't say nothing, they're going to think I endorsed that as an overall behavior. That, if that's your personal preference, I'm not in your house. I don't, I don't agree with it. But you're going to deal with the consequences of your personal preference. But when you say that, share that to a universal audience and I've invited them, they're thinking, if I don't say nothing, I'm endorsing it. So now I have to say something. If you say it in public, put it this way, if you're a leader and you post it, I got to say something because they're thinking I'm okay with it. Like, like I, I don't get that anyway. Why do you have to post your personal preferences? Do you realize people are going to follow that? It's like the dude talking, talking in front of 20,000 that I heard last night. I'm like, do you realize what you just said? And you realize like millions of people watching this? Okay, that's a pet peeve. I'm sorry, I'll get back, I'll get back focus. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't want to talk about that right now, babe. All right, so, <laughs> all right, so, so we're trying to return to manifesting, right? So he says, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, there's a treasure hidden in an earthen vessel. We're searching for a life that hasn't been there before. And so this is why Psalm 51, let's, let's, let's run over there. Um, I'm going to try to get this in with the time that's remaining. Psalm 51. Because it makes sense. Now, 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 David was in a situation where he compromised. He's supposed to be taking care of business, fulfilling purpose, but he stayed back at the house chilling. And while he stayed back at the house chilling, he got caught up into being intoxicated with lust. And he went after Bathsheba, got her husband killed. So it just shut off a chain, chain reaction. So Nathan rolls up to him. See, see, look, look, Nathan, everybody loved David. David was the man. So wasn't nobody saying nothing. Nathan went up and said, hey, hey, can I tell you a story? What would you do if somebody was, was uh, basically set somebody up, destroyed him? David was like, uh, we talked about this earlier. He was like, well, who would say that? David went off. What kind of person would do something like that? That person should be punished, just that and the other. Nathan was like, well, that person's you. He, you know, I, Mr. Lamar quoted the actual scripture, thou art that man. So, 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 look, 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 look. Once he, once he recognized, now again, he didn't have no machine gun in his spirit. Blowing people up for the truth. This is how he handled truth. Uh, verse 10. He says, create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Do we do that when we hear the truth? When I just share some truth that convicted you just now, in your inner man, you say, Lord, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit. Or do you say, man, see, here we go. It's how to be all spiritual and holy and don't take all that. Well, I ain't changing. Or do we say, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit in me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. Right? And then verse 17, it says, the sacrifices of God are broken and contrite heart. And so this is the key. God is trying to establish an intimate relationship with us because when we become one with God, we're changed into another man, another male and another a female, right? So to establish an in, 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 uh, intimate relationship with God, we have to break off that old man. We were talking about this when we were driving to church today. I was telling my wife, I said, what's so interesting is most of us don't even know nobody. Like, we wonder why people don't love us. They will have to know you to love you. How can somebody love somebody that's hiding? Most people have never even met you because you have this hard shell on you. And when you get around people, they go, huh, I don't know, but something just ain't right. I sat there and I and, uh, sat there on that bench today, and I, I told my wife I was leaving early because we had some plans later. So I said, I'm going to play a leave. I said, but the excep exception is if I've talked to somebody about the Lord. Me and the guy's talking. I told him, I said, think about it. I said, my spirit is supposed to connect with your spirit. Your spirit is supposed to connect with mine. You're supposed to right away go, something, something's right about that guy. Or something ain't right about that guy. And vice versa. I said, so you're sitting here using extra time talking to me because there's something in me. But I'm telling you right now, I was sitting there talking to that guy, there was something in him that I, I could have talked all day with him. I picked it up. Again, I don't know his exact age, somewhere between 30 and 40. But I picked it up in his spirit. I was like, oh, man. I told my wife when I came home, I said, now, that's an air. I know that right now. That's an air. Right? Why? 
there's something. But one, I, 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 the whole sanctification set myself apart is spending so much time with God is it does something where your spirit connects with people with like spirits. Just like when I was in the get high world, I knew who got high. I, like, I never embarrassed myself saying, yo, you want to go smoke? I didn't even know the person. But I'm not taking that risk if I don't think they smoke. I ain't talking about cigarettes. Look, you, but see, we're wondering why there's arguments in our house. Why, we're wondering. We have arguments in our house because you got a bunch of, bunch of uh, capsules, not connections. You got all these individual capsules. You know, like you get something, you buy something in the store, and it says it's individually wrapped, right? Keep it from touching each other. We got a bunch of individually wrapped folk in homes, in churches, in our lives. Like, we've been with people for years, and if we honest with ourselves, you know, some people can't stand and some people we don't even really know. Right? But we, we think that's okay. But the Bible says we're supposed to be fitly joined together. This is something that we're supposed to be getting. So, so when, when we decide to come to that altar, we're saying, hey, I want to be back in the body. So God has to, to engraft you or merge you back into the body. But you can't get merged back into the body until something's cut. You try to engraft a, a branch to a tree without cutting something. You got to cut inside that tree. Put the branch inside and wrap it tight. Let it hold. And it, Listen, it can't just be... You can't just put it on, on there, let it sit for a day, and it's going to graft. No, it takes a while. It has to stay tight. It can't get off a little bit. There can't be no gap in that connection for it to merge. I mean, God, research it. You don't have to that, that, research it. I mean, I know I'm not a farmer, but I studied out engrafting. <laughs> I've studied. Like, so, so God's trying to engraft you, so he cuts you. He cuts what you're connected to, to merge you. Now, now Cuddy's breaking something off that can restrict the connection. He's breaking something off that can restrict the connection because it's about being in harmony and communion with one another, right? And so that's what God is trying to do in a lot of our lives. So if, see, but we have to be still. See, the scripture says, be still, know that I'm God and allow to cut. Remember, I told you that, that that scripture is a circumcision scripture. Be still and know that I'm God. During circumcision, the child has to be still. Because then the wrong thing will be cut. Something vital could be cut. But what's being cut, what's gonna, what's gonna restrict a proper connection? That's always, I'm not trying to be graphic, that's what circumcision is about. And so that's what that's what God's saying. Be still and allow me to cut some stuff off. But we be, whoa, whoa, you almost got me on that. You almost cut me. You almost cut me. Oh, you almost broke me. You almost broke. We're trying to get around it. We gotta embrace it. Like we can tell the people that really want to change because they've experienced brokenness. And it's not, it's not, listen, that brokenness is not, you're not in control. I talked about when I was just yielded to the spirit and I was all over the place. Like, when you broken. Listen, you ain't, you, you, man, I, you might hear this, but I'm going to share. Man, I was, I, one gentleman uh, just went through some, something that was broken. Man, we, 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 had the, we had the gym uh, in the locker room at the shower. Like, I wasn't prepared to console the person. I consoled the person, but I, was, I wasn't prepared to console. I was, but they was broken. <laughs> you know, I just had my towel. You know, I just wasn't, you know. <laughs> But they, but, but they ain't care. They were broken. I seen people come up this altar broke. But they, but they wasn't broke with style. Like, <laughs> like they were, come on, man. You know, they, you know, they had like, you know, like a coot. <laughs> yeah, tear. <laughs> that ain't broken, man. Come on, like, like so, so, so again, God's trying to purge some stuff off to make that connection. So the scripture says in John 12, 24, uh, I wanted to go there, but, but I gotta get, some, get to something else. It says, except the corner wheat falls to the ground and die, can't bring forth fruit. What it's saying that that seed has to be broken to release what's in it. Listen, the seed has to be broken. That seed goes to the ground and under that pressure, it breaks it and it releases the heart that's supposed to come out of it. So when we're praying for stuff, God already put the treasure in us. He's, he sends you what it takes to break you. You're in the way. 
See, we think it's them. We think it's him, but it's us. So he says what, what's going to break your will. If, if, you, if, you, if you're a strong-willed person, I can guarantee you there's so much stuff you're missing out in your life to fulfill you because you ain't letting go. Right? So it's about brokenness, right? It's about what? It's about brokenness. And this is, this is the thing. You have your spirit, your soul, and your body. I'm going to try to do this quick. Uh, we'll get in more into it to next week. So this, you are a spirit. Right? God made us in image after his life. So we are a spirit. Even though we be styling and profiling in the mirror, our body is the outer man. Our spirit is the inner man. Right? Right? So, well, let's do it this way. Your body is the outer man. Your soul is the inner man. And your spirit is the innermost man. Right? Or no, I did it wrong. Your spirit is the inner man. Your soul is the outer man. And then your, your body is the outermost man. I said it wrong. I'm sorry. So your spirit is the inner man, your soul is the outer man, and your body is the outermost man, right? So the spirit wears the soul as its coat. The spirit and the soul wear the body, right? I'm not trying to get too deep, but I just want you to understand this because you're going to, the, the brokenness will make more sense. So we must know that A person that's supposed to do something for God can only do it if their spirit has been released, their inner man is released. If, if the outer man is, 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 is so hard and in control, a lot of times we can't even see the supernatural things of God. Like we're waiting for a breakthrough, but we're not willing to be broken. The breakthrough is coming from the inside out. We're looking out here for it. I'm just waiting on this breakthrough. Yeah, it's in here. It's in here. But are you allowing yourself to be broken? Right? All right, just, just, just work with me. Work with me. I know this is, uh, I ain't trying to get too deep, but because everything has a, a detailed process that actually makes even sense to our logic. But a lot of times we don't want to go deep enough to exhaustively find out how it all processes. So because we can excuse it as, man, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. So that means I don't have to, I don't have to yield to it. <laughs> so, I'm, so I wanted to make sense, you know. So the basic difficulty of a servant of God lies in the failure of the inward man to break through the outward man. Therefore, we must recognize that before God, that in our life before God, the first difficulty to our work is not in others. It's in ourselves. The first difficulty Yes, people are a trip, but the first difficulty for us to, to live the fulfilling life or this breakthrough is in ourselves. But we're always looking for the difficulty in others. See, because if it's others, then I'm, I'm handling my business. See, that's the arrogancy right there. Oh, I'm taking care of business. They just need to get themselves together. But the first step is you, right? In the airplane, where they tell you put the, put, put the mask on your face first? Because you can't help nobody until what? You can breathe. <laughs> like, like, look, look, you lose the oxygen saying, I'm going to help the whole plane. You might want to put that oxygen mask on your face first, <laughs> right? Right? He's telling you to breathe first, right? In this particular case, be broken first before you try to break somebody else off, right? All right, so, uh, uh, so whether our works are fruitful or not depends upon whether our outward man, that's that soul man, our thinking, our mind, our will, our intellect, our imagination, you know, has been broken by the Lord so the inward man can pass through that brokenness and come forth. So again, now soul is, is capping off that spirit. We didn't even get into the body. That's a whole nother thing. The body is just neutral. It's just going to be punked by whoever has the greatest influence. But our soul, that's where our intellect is. Sometimes we lean so much on our intellect, God can't even get in. Our emotions, I feel, I feel, I feel. I feel, I feel, God, you can't even hear God because your feelings are speaking louder than God. Your knowledge are speaking louder than God. Your emotions are speaking louder than God. Because you feel so strong about something don't mean that that's the direction you're supposed to go. Right? I feel. The guy's trying to break your feelings. I know God's trying to break you what you know. 
so you can find out what he knows. But no, we, you know, hey, hey, hey. So uh, let's see. So, 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 so when we minister to people, when we share with people, we minister out of brokenness. Uh, it's called in the Bible with Moses meekness, willing to persuade and return for attack. Moses had been broken through his tests and trials of being with Pharaoh and leaving and stuff like that, going back into the wilderness. So he meant, see, again, people can hear you out of meekness. That's why you have some people that are very, I, was, I, I told her yesterday, the guy that I didn't like a statement he made, but his overall message, the guy was a dynamic speaker, very charismatic. With all due respect, well, why nobody gonna nobody was gonna experience the supernatural and get delivered? Because it wasn't out of brokenness. Nobody, nobody's touched his spirit. See, I, I told her, I'm watching it, I'm like this. I'm watching the show, and I was like, man, you know, this is this guy's a real good speaker. My my spirit man was like, something, something missing. I, I, you know, not, I would never say that out loud. I would never, like, tell somebody, don't listen to the person. I'm not like that. But I'm just, like, I can't help it if the spirit is, is yelling and screaming. I can hear it. And the spirit's like, something missing. I was like, but I'm like, I'm almost like talking to the Holy Spirit, like, but you're saying something missing, but this dude really sounds real good. I mean, look, the, it's 20,000 folk. They, they laughing and joking and stuff like that. I know that's contagion. You, you, if you get 20,000 folk, it's a whole lot easier to speak in front of 20,000 than, than 20. <laughs> you know, somebody going to laugh. You know, you got, you got 20,000 options, right? Um, but so the guy kept talking, and then he, he made, a statement, made a statement about actually drinking that, that I was like, that's your personal preference. You just said that in front of millions of people. But the Holy Spirit had already picked it up because when you, your spirit, when you've been broken, your spirit connects to everybody you connect to. You don't have to worry about getting played because your spirit go, please, don't even go for that. Don't take that deal. Don't do that. We, we were, uh, the first building we were trying to get before we went to the dance studio, we actually, it was another dance studio, almost looked so similar, it was out Pineville. The realtor, uh, was talking to us. We and, and and they needed. She needed a down payment. We wrote the check, and I was like, "She says, well, okay, well, we need to do this." And I said, "Well, no, I don't like doing things out of urgency. Everything in my spirit was like, don't do it." The person went off and slammed. Thank God, slammed the check down. Good move. No, that was no, that was a good move because I needed the check back. I didn't really care about David's upset. Like I just wanted to make sure you didn't walk out of here upset with the check because I had already wrote the check. You know, like so I didn't care, but. But the Holy Spirit picked it up before I even did anything. And all I did was, nah, nah, nah we're not going to do that. Went, listen, went off. I'm talking about they was being all nice, you know, saying all the right things. But, but everything in me was, eh. See, is our spirit the one that's representing us? Or is our, is, is, is our soul, our intellect, our feelings? Are we in a relationship because our spirit says, man, I don't care how this look, this is the one. Or are we in a relationship because our feelings go, well, I'm comfortable. At least I'm not lonely. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing? Are, are we not going for that dream because our soul says, remember the last time what happened? Well, if you kind of look at it, Based on what they say, they're all better than you. Or are we going with the Spirit say, yeah, they may look better than you, but you my David. We about to take out some Goliaths today. So, so, so what are we yielding to? See, when you're changing to another man, you're spiritually minded. And there's, it's, it, you're spiritually minded is life and peace, Romans 8. So God's trying to get us back to being led. It says, they that are led by the Spirit, right? It says, right, they that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Not they that are led by their intellect, their soul, the soul, man. I was about to sing the song, yeah. I'm a soul. <laughs> right, right. Not that led by your soul, your emotions, your feelings, your, your head knowledge. Led by the spirit, 
But see, if you're not broken, you can't even, you can't, the, the spirit can't get out to lead you. The spirit is like, ah, like, yeah, like, like, he's so blocked in, but God is constantly sending you what it takes to break that outer man. We fighting it, fighting it, kicking, screaming, fighting it, because he's trying to get another man out of you, a spirit man, a spirit woman. That's what he's trying to do, so you have to allow the breaking. Well, it, it, who is it, you saying that? Is it breaking in the spirit? Yeah. All right, so he's, he's, he's trying to get something out. We fighting it. This is what's, uh, by the time we get through this lesson, you're going to see it's been me. Yo, know, you probably start saying, it's me, oh, Lord, standing in need of prayer. Like, cause I, I, need, I need to get myself, I, I've been tripping. And the trip is, I don't need you just to agree today. I need you to take what you, what you agree to and make it your habit. I need everybody in the room, look at where they're at and be willing to change from there. Like, like not, we ain't, no one's assessing if where you are is bad or good. I said, look at where you at and be willing to change for there, from there. Because you gotta, you gotta, it, it, you gotta be broken. And, and don't look at how you've been and say, there's no way I can change. That's what breaking is. That's what breaking breaks the habits, breaks the vices, breaks the mindsets, and frees the spirit up to drag your life into fulfillment. That's what a breaking does. That's what brokenness is about. But see, you gotta die to yourself. Except the four in the corner, we fall to the ground and die, can't bring forth fruit. You gotta yield to the brokenness, not, not fight because it's uncomfortable. And I respect the fact that some of us have never, haven't been used to embracing when it's uncomfortable, when it doesn't feel good. And so we're looking for all these pleasurable transitions in our life. Transition is very uncomfortable, but it's a part of life. Like I know working out hurts. Like, I'm not going, but it hurts. Yeah. If I twist my ankle, guess what? It hurts. I'm not going, but it hurts. Duh. You just twist your ankle. It's supposed to hurt. Some of us have twisted our lives. It's supposed to hurt. Twisted. Wicked. Compromise. Right? So you've created pain. And so you got to be broken out of that place. Like, like, like God ain't doing no... No, hey, you want to come with me? No, he calling the team and go, we're going to have to break this fool out of there. <laughs> Special ops, we got to break him out. So, so when you're ripped out, you know, I was in a situation where I was, in, I was bound, was bound in a, a, a relationship. And, uh, and uh, I just prayed to God. He says, well, he says, uh, you're going to get out of the relationship. He says, but it's going to cost you. It's going to be a tear. Now, I was, you know, single in the live-in situation. He says, it's going to be a tear. So, I mean, I heard him, but, you know, I kind of played it off. That's exactly what happened. But guess what? That's the only way he's going to get me out of there. Because I allowed myself to be so embedded, I had to be ripped out. And some of these vices, we got to be ripped out. Some of these mindsets, we got to be ripped out. Because God's already done. At our church, he's already given, he's given the information. It's, it's, somebody was talking about earlier, you know, how do you like, you, you have, this is what you need to do. You don't do it, but then you complain about why you didn't get the rewards for what you didn't do. Right? But that's what we're doing. Like, God has been giving us the information. We are choosing what we want to apply or what is, applies to us. And he's going, I wasn't giving you the information just like, I'm not reading uh, fairy tales or what is, what is it, uh, what did I say? Uh, bedtime stories. Like, 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 I don't come, I'm not preaching bedtime stories. This is stuff that we have to do, right? We have to apply, right? You got to do this, right? Right, so, so, so the thing is, when we decide not to, and with all respect, due respect, this is not a, a negative, that's the majority of people in the room. Like, you know, again, uh, 
I don't, I won't be specific, but I'm gonna just say the situation. So Pastor Mel walk in the room, and she says, uh, she says, it smells, right? But immediately, I saw, I, I know what I was thinking. I was like, well, I hope it's not me. But other people was in the room. Well, I hope it's not me. I hope it's not me. Why? Because just because she made the statement, right? Immediately people go, okay, well, I hope it's not me. I hope it's not me. So, but what everybody drew attention to themselves. So God would be saying something and be like, well, it's probably just me. No, you're not alone. But the thing is, we want breakthrough, but before the breakthrough, there has to be a broken. That's for all of us. We've had, look, God is sweet. Here, you can, you can choose on your own. This is the information, you can decide to take it. We decide not to do it. Say, okay, well, I guess, I guess we're going to do this the hard way, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I usually work in corrections. I tell the guys. I say, okay, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. You can go to your cell or you can be dragged to your cell. It's on you. You want to be a piece of meat dragged to the cell? We can just drag you to the cell. But, but the trip is you going to the cell. It's just how you want to go. So God is saying, you're going to change. It's just how you want to go. <laughs> you could be dragged to change, broken to change, or you could choose to change. But you're going to change, and that's everybody in the building. Like, none of us are exempt from this. We got to change. Because God is trying to get something to his people, and we're the people that he's called to do it. Well, I ain't nobody asked me, uh, did you accept salvation? <laughs> you... you the ask went out the window when you said, I, I sinned, I need you to save me. You save me, you have my life. You can, don't be trying to renege now. You wanted the salvation, give up the life. <laughs> right? Kind of, you trying, oh, you trying to play God? You trying to renege on God? Who in here trying to renege on God? All right, let's stand our feet. That's nuts.